0: Welcome back to the Two Marks and a Spark Wrestling Podcast. Now a weekly show.
1: This is a bit weird. Uh, Feels strange, doesn't it? It does. I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's better this way. Per, I, me personally, I don't know. I might
0: go back to doing the old format, but who knows? We'll figure it out. We'll get there one day. Um, Either way, how are you doing today, Ben? I am doing a Friday what? night. I am doing quite well. It is a Friday night. It was humid as shit today,
1: Jesus. It was. It, it was a. It was, it a, was a roaster today.
0: It was a burner, like I took the trash out at like two o'clock and I thought I was gonna die.
1: Yeah. It was. At, it was at work today. It was. It was. It was like ninety degrees, and I was like, "Oh my God, help me!"
0: Yeah, it was a bad day, um, in terms of weather. But hey, it's Fourth of July weekend, man.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I got a three-day weekend. Can...
0: No wrestling this weekend, though, which is kind of weird for 4th of July weekend. Normally we have like an ROH show or something, but uh, nothing this year. And I wonder how much of it, that is due to COVID.
1: Maybe it's a good thing. People can spend time with their loved ones and their buddies.
0: Well, we do have a packed month ahead, though. If you look ahead to the this month of July, uh, everybody's getting fans back.
1: This month, everyone's everyone's getting fans back, and we got a lot of don't we have a lot of specials and stuff this next we month? We have
0: this month alone, Road Rager on Wednesday, um, Slam Anniversary on the seventeenth. I believe. Boy, oh boy! Was it the twenty seventh? I can't remember Slam Anniversary. I know another freaking Impact show, but hey, it's Sammy Callahan versus Kenny Omega. Ooh. Um. We have Money in the Bank. Mm. Edge versus Roman. Actually, one on one this time. Fans are back for WWE. We have Lashley versus Kofi at Money in the Bank. That's going to be awesome. Not to mention, every Dynamite this month is a special. So we have Road Rager this week, Fighter Fest on the 14th, and then. Fighter Fest Night 2 on the 21st, and then Fight for the Fallen, I believe, on the 28th.
1: going to be a interesting week for AEW.
0: Interesting month. They're back on Wednesdays now, and we'll talk about ratings in a second. Everybody's ratings were a little bit skewered this week just because of the NBA, and you're not competing with the NBA. Nobody is. You're not touching it. We'll talk about ratings in a minute. I want to get into the Thea Trinidad situation. She turned back up in WWE, and... Got pinned by Liv Morgan, but still qualified for the Money in the Bank ladder match. But they're not putting Liv Morgan in the Money in the Bank, it doesn't seem like.
1: That is ridiculous.
0: (laughs) Okay, so for those of you that haven't been keeping up, and we're going to talk about AEW in a minute. But I need to to rant here, because this pisses me off. So, WWE. Oh, God. So, last week, Sonya Deville announces that Carmella is the first SmackDown female in the Money in the Bank ladder match. They don't even have a qualifying match. It's just Carmella. Which but, is, which is dumb, first of all, because everybody on Raw had to qualify, right? But, right. But on SmackDown, that keep in mind, Sonya Deville is the assistant to Adam Pierce on Raw as well as SmackDown. They run both shows. It's not like there's two different entities running these shows. At least on screen. Or backstage, for that matter. It's... Still, Vince McMahon. And she says, Carmella, this, Carmella, that. And so, like, the self professed most beautiful woman in WWE or whatever. And then Liv Morgan comes out and challenges her to a match. Liv Morgan beats Carmella clean in the middle of the ring. Now, logically, you would think, well, that means Liv Morgan's going to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match, right?
1: That's what a sane person would think.
0: And Liv Morgan, for all intents and purposes, has been one of the most improved wrestlers on the roster in the last 12 months. She has gotten a world better. And and she's definitely better than she was.
1: All just to get ganked out of a Money in the Bank match.
0: Which, okay, and I'll get to what I think is probably going to end up happening, and I think it's dumb, but I think it's what they're going to do. So... Then, they say on commentary last week, after she beats Carmella, who, mind you, is already in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Because why? Because fucking Sonya Deville said so, that's why. Um, she... They say on commentary, and Liv Morgan may have very well just earned herself a spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match. We'll find out next week on SmackDown. What? Why did? Why do we have to... Wait, why is
1: that even why is that even up for debate?
0: She should replace Carmella, if anything. And don't, yep. and don't tell me that in twenty twenty one Liv Morgan isn't a better wrestler than Carmella.
1: Absolutely.
0: Now, two years ago, definitely not. But now
1: uh oh, Now see, Liv
0: Morgan's uh, no Sasha Banks. Don't get me wrong. She's not great in the ring. But she's a hell of a lot better than she used to be. And she's really good on the mic. And she's really talented and she's quick as a dart. What's missing here? What are we what are we doing?
1: Yeah. This is just typical WWE behavior.
0: And then this week, Sony's in the ring again, same setup. She is gonna announce the second woman for the Money in the Bank ladder match. And everybody thinks, okay, this is gonna be Liv Morgan, right? Because you know, logic. She's like, please welcome back Zelina Vega. What? Oh my god. Okay, Zelina Vega had how many matches when she was on the roster the first time? Now, Thea Trinidad can wrestle. She's actually very good in the ring. We saw it in Lucha Underground and when she was in Impact and things like that. This woman is a very good wrestler. There is no denying that, and I'm not taking anything away from from Zelina Vega as a talent. Nothing. And I'm fine with her in the Money in the Bank ladder match, but if you're going to put her in there, you have to put Liv Morgan, who they have booked incredibly strong, by the way. Because in the last two weeks... Oh, by the way, Liv Morgan came out during this Zelina Vega segment and challenges her to a match and beats Zelina Vega! (laughs) (laughs) So... So... Let me get this straight. (laughs) Two weeks in a row now. You've done basically the same segment with two different people. And Liv has won both matches. But they're still not announcing her for the Money in the Bank. What
1: the hell are we doing? How many empty spots are there still? Uh, I'm going to look right now.
0: And people are, like, praising WWE for... There's one... There's two more open spots.
1: Right. Oh, my God. This is this this is frustrating.
0: It's like, okay, they're going to put Liv in the match. I guarantee you. And you know what's probably going to happen? She's probably going to win. Just because of the way they're doing this. I don't think she should... Not at a match with Asuka, Naomi, who probably, honestly, should win the match. Alexa, Nikki, Carmella, Zelina Vaga. With two more, one of them, I presume, is going to be Becky Lynch. And I think the other one's going to be Liv Morgan. And with the way they've booked it, Liv's probably going to win Money in the Bank. Just because this company makes no goddamn sense. Now, in that match, would I put Liv Morgan over? Not in a million years. But at least let her be in the match. Like, is this that hard? I don't know.
1: It's a little too much for Vince's pea brain to, to comprehend. But the
0: men's Money in the Bank ladder match is locked in as of tonight. The men's Money in the Bank ladder match is officially this. Ricochet, John Morrison, Riddle... Drew McIntyre, Big E, Kevin Owens, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, King Nakamura, and Bar- or Baron Corbin. We don't know yet. Oh God! Nakamura's been beating the crap out of Corbin though, so mm-hmm. it'll probably be I... it. it'll be Shinsuke.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I I really don't care about Money in the Bank. <laughs> I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you, Ben.
0: Well. They're gonna give Biggie the briefcase, you know they are.
1: Yeah, that that'd be really nice to see. At
0: least Kevin Owens is in the match.
1: That is true. Hey, that is true. your boy
0: Ricochet's getting a push again.
1: Uh yeah. For three weeks until they yeah. pull the damn plug. Yeah, until up. until they yeah, they pull a plug on that whole operation like they did last time. And they send him and Aleister Black to the shadow realm. Remember Some of when... them never, never made it back up. Oh, God.
0: Also on this card, we have Bobby Lashley versus Kofi. That's going to be fantastic. Oh, yeah. That and that Kofi wonderful. promo on Monday was chef's kiss. Wonderful. Ripley versus Flair again. I don't care. Uh, Reigns versus Edge. It's going to be a great match. And then just announced the stipulation was just announced tonight. This is going to be awesome. I don't know why they're doing it, but it's going to be a great match. Bianca Belair versus Bailey in a freaking I Quit match.
1: Bailey and Bianca in an I Quit match. I mean, I'm I'm here for it, don't get me wrong. Okay, okay. I mean, well, <laughs> why? I don't know cuz Bailey's lost twice. She's probably going to lose
0: again. Okay, so Bailey lost a normal one-on-one match to Bianca at Backlash. She, yeah. lo- she lost inside the hell in a cell to Bianca, right?
1: And now they're doing an I-quit match. Why, you ask? P-brain. <laughs> so, here's how I see Money in the Bank
0: playing out. Here's my Money in the Bank predictions. I think either Drew McIntyre or Biggie are winning the men's match. Like I already said, Liv is probably going to win the women's match, even though she probably shouldn't. Uh, Bobby's going to beat Kofi, and I don't think there's a single person that thinks anything different. Uh, we are not getting ready for Kofi Mania 2 here, people. Don't fool yourselves. Um, as much as I wish we were. Ripley versus Flair again, I don't care. Ripley's going to win. Um, and I love Rhea Ripley, but good lord am I sick of Charlotte Flair. Um... Roman Reigns versus Edge. I'm honestly more excited for that match than I was their WrestleMania match. Do you know why? Because there's going to be a full crowd at Money in the Bank. Right. There was only 20,000 people at WrestleMania. Now, there's only going to be 20,000 people at Money in the Bank, maybe a little less, but that's going to be a full arena as opposed to a big stadium with that many people.
1: So it'll feel more... uh... It'll feel full.
0: It'll feel full. They're pretty much sold out. They're not, I don't think, I think there's a few tickets left, but they're pretty much sold out for Money in the Bank. So, and that return weekend in Texas is going to be awesome because Texas is a great wrestling place to, a great place for professional wrestling, generally speaking. Roman's going to beat Edge unless Cena's not coming back for SummerSlam. If Cena's not coming back for SummerSlam like they want, then maybe Edge wins this and they do it again at SummerSlam. They could do that. That is an option. Uh, Do I want to see that? No, not really. I would rather see Reigns versus Cena. I don't know about you. But, or Edge versus Lesnar. I mean, that would almost be better. I mean, the rumor for SummerSlam for uh, Edge is it's Edge versus Seth, which I'm totally fine with. That's going to be amazing but I don't think Edge is winning this match because, A, I don't think they're putting Edge and Seth in the main event of SummerSlam as good as it would be. And, B, I don't think, as of right now, they're beating Roman Reigns anytime soon.
1: Not with the way that they've built him.
0: Until Brock comes back, they're not beating him. Or if Karrion Cross gets called up to the main roster. Bronson Reed, and we'll, I want to talk about NXT here for a second. Notice how I'm not doing rundowns of NXT and SmackDown. There's a reason for that. It's mostly to kind of keep the show moving. And, well, to be honest with you, uh, AEW is a lot more important this week than either one of these shows. And that's just me being honest. And if SmackDown was more important than AEW, guess what? I'd probably spend more time on SmackDown. Do you know why? Cause it'd feel important. Roman wasn't even on the show this week, by the way. So they're not. Here's here's my thing. For NXT, Bronson Reed lost the North American Championship already. Who uh-huh. on Tuesday? Isaiah Swerve Scott beats him with an hour build. I love Isaiah Swerve Scott. I'm happy for him. But they built this thing for an hour. They had a good match. It wasn't special or anything. It was a good match. Scott won. And that was that. And he's the new North American champion. And it sounds like Bronson Reed is going to the main roster. To do what? I don't know. But WWE is apparently refreshing their main roster, which me and you are fine with, by the way.
1: That is fine. But it's just, it's, it's kind of a weird time. I don't know where he's going to fit into things. Feud with Sheamus? I suppose.
0: Feud with Apollo? That'd probably be a best case scenario, is a feud with Apollo? Do you put him with Roman right away? I wouldn't. No. I mean, he's no. got the size for it, but do you want to do that?
1: It would just end with him getting
0: ganked, so. Also, I want to talk about the Mercedes Martinez situation. Scary, scary thing here. So they're doing a mixed tag match. It's Zia Lee, uh Boa, who's freaking massive, by the way. Uh, against Mercedes Martinez, and I can't remember the guy's name. Doesn't really matter. But Lee goes for a kick, and she catches Martinez in such a way that Martinez goes out cold on her feet and goes to the mat. And she, she looks dead, for one thing. So I said watching it, and my roommate looked over at the screen when I... Because when it happened, I said, oh, fuck! And my roommate looked over at the TV is like, what? And I'm like, dude, she's not selling. She's out. And sure enough, guess what happened about two minutes later? They stopped the match. Martinez kicks out. Referee stops the fight. Stops the match. Whatever. Match is over. And Zia Lee you could tell she just felt so bad. Like they're declaring her the winner and she's checking on Mercedes and she clearly felt bad. Like they're raising her hand and she's just looking like she's about to cry just because you know what she just did to her friend, like not a fun situation. and then i like, i don't know they did what they had to do to get mercedes out of there safely and we'll talk about getting someone out safely when we talk about aew um funny enough another tag match but yeah that's kind of what happened with smackdown and nxt this week just some of the highlights we previewed money in the bank Let's get into a very good episode of Dynamite. With a ma- Is that
1: is that the word you're using to describe this dynamite?
0: Well, the main event kind of pushed it over that,
1: yeah. I guess. I would give but, it a B minus. A B minus? Okay. Uh well, that's fair, I suppose. Let's yeah, get let's into go- it. Let's get into this, shall we? WWE Dynamite. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course.
0: <laughs> We'll talk about Jim Ro-
1: Jim Ross is <laughs>
0: We'll talk about that in a we'll talk about that in a minute. Anyway So they open the show, they've got the full crowd there, and the crowd was really hot for this show and Jericho does his entrance and they're singing Judas, so on and so forth. This makes a lot more sense that they sing his theme song now that he's a babyface, by the way. I'm fine with it now that he's a babyface. Just didn't make any damn sense when he was a heel. It was annoying.
1: It was very annoying.
0: And we open with a world tag title eliminator match. Why they're calling it that, I don't know. It was just a non-title match with the champions against two potential challengers. And if the potential challengers win, they get a tag title match. Why is it called a world tag title eliminator match?
1: That makes it sound like it was a tournament. the right. right. By the way, Jericho was on commentary for most of the show. Like 100% of it, pretty much. Uh, yeah, pretty much the whole show. Which, boy... It was kind of pretty nice.
0: But Excalibur and Jim Ross could not contain themselves.
1: They couldn't, unfortunately.
0: This show starts. Kingston and Penta come to the ring, and they, and the crowd is on fire for Eddie Kingston.
1: As they should be.
0: And then the Young Bucks come out looking like the douchebags that we all know they are.
1: They had. Dude, they had fucking mustaches. Handlebars. They had handlebars, and I was cringing. Kenny did okay with it. Kenny pulled it off okay. Kenny was at least semi tasteful about it. The Young Bucks just made me want to vomit. This match was very good. The match was, yes, very good. I I very much enjoyed it. There was. Um, there was a little bit of everything
0: here. Yes, there was a million and one hot tags because it is a Young Bucks match. A um, lot of near falls, but there was a very funny spot that I have gone back and watched about three times now. Brandon Cutler, the the geek champion, right?
1: <laughs> this yeah. guy is
0: such a geek. And they book him like a geek. And they tell you every week, they shove it in your face. Hey, look at this geek.
1: Look at this
0: jobber. So he goes to spray Penta. Penta gets out of the way. And he sprays Matt Jackson for a solid minute with the ice spray
1: in the ice. Yes. I, I like how he doesn't stop. He just keeps going. <laughs> and he is though...
0: in fear. And it's like his thumbs were just frozen on the triggers of the ice spray. It was so funny. It was the funniest thing I saw all week. And it wasn't close. I don't know why it was a spot in this match. They're doing this match again next week. But now it's a street fight. They just announced that today. It's a street fight. Which means it's probably going to be the main event of the show. And it's probably going to be like 25 minutes. And the Bucs are going to retain the titles.
1: Yep. Because Penta and Kingston aren't really an established tag team.
0: But uh, Penta hits the fear factor and Eddie Kingston... Blasts... Matt Jackson in the face with a back elbow gets the one, two, three Penta and Kingston win. They are the number one contenders for some reason. Um, convenience more than anything. Uh, we go to a really bad backstage segment. Christian cage is back there with jungle boy.
1: Oh God. Are we going to talk about the shoulder tap? Yeah, we're going to
0: talk about shoulder tap.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> okay. Good. That's that's the thing I'm concerned about right now. This whole this whole segment was awful. Christ- it, was ex- it was so cliche. It hurt my brain. Christian
0: came across very sincere here. It wasn't bad in the traditional sense of oh my god, this is just poorly done. It was bad in the sense of Christian was talking and talking. And talking. And Jungle and... Boy was just sitting there, shaking his damn head. You ever notice Jungle Boy has a big
1: head? He kind of does. Just a little bit. I think it's because his hair is so poofy. It is very poofy. It, 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 it is, it, he's got poofy hair. It's, it's poofy, curly hair. It makes his head look bigger than it actually is. Anyway... And then the shoulder tap, Ben. The shoulder tap. I can't remember who tapped who on the shoulder. It was it was Jungle Boy. Christian was in the middle of a sentence, and Jungle Boy just reached over and, and no, gave him a little. He taps him uh, on the shoulder, and he goes, "Yeah." Like, like it was it, it was like 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 a tap you give to a lover, and like the look <laughs> on his face. On Jungle Boy's face, Jungle
0: Boy was looking at Christian Cage like he was Anna J, and...
1: and and it was I was like hysterically laughing.
0: I was both irate and laughing hysterically.
1: I didn't, and, know...
0: and the segment doesn't end here. We hear and... a grunt from off camera.
1: You hear, you hear, <laughs> 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 and then out of. The woodwork, a beer belly Luchasaurus
0: appears off the screen, and Marco Stunt jumps on the bench behind Christian.
1: (laughs) Jump just fucking out of nowhere, and it was like I was, at this point, I was just laughing my ass off. It was so funny. It, it, It really like this segment was trash. Like after I saw that, I was like, okay, this is this is a joke. This is ridiculous. Like, it made me laugh, but now I just, I just hate it now. It was so funny, though. It, it was it was very funny.
0: Oh, good Lord. Okay. Can we move on?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, We spent too much time on that, but we had to. Are we done being children? All right. What's the next segment, Ben?
0: We go to Shivani in the ring. And he's there with the Men of the Year, Ethan Page, and Scorpio Sky. This was fantastic.
1: Yes. Yes, it was.
0: Front to back. Page starts talking about how his goal is to exterminate Darby Allen. He tells the crowd to shut the hell up. uh, That he's trying to talk to Tony Schiavone. I like how he's like, I'm trying to talk to Tony Schiavone. Like, Tony's just his best friend or something. When half the time it looked like Page was going to punch him in the face. Um, Shivani does not say much here. But Paige goes on and on about how he's going to make every time Darby does the cough and drop, he's going to make sure that he thinks of Ethan Page, and so on and so forth. And then it starts snowing. And we knew what happens next. Sting is back. I guess he took a month off. Then again, that match at double or nothing was insane for him. (laughs) No, not at all. No, the dive he did.
1: Oh, I remember, Ben. I remember.
0: Like, he shouldn't have been doing that. That man is 60 years old. Anyway, he comes out and he's rolling a wooden coffin to the ring. And we all know what's going to happen, but the announcers still act surprised. They show a Darby Allen produced video of him dragging a shovel, and then Darby jumps out of the coffin and strikes like a bat out of hell onto Ethan Page. Stings, Scorpio death drops, uh, Scorpion death drops Scorpio, and Darby just absolutely beats the ever loving shit out of Ethan Page. Like he's just beating him into the ground. And then he scratches his eyes, and then Paige says, you know what, the coffin match is canceled, because I wanted in writing that you're not going to touch me for the week before the coffin match. So I guess we're not doing a coffin match next week?
1: They're probably going to save it for one of
0: the specials. Well, Road Rager is considered a special. Well, maybe they want to save it for one of the other ones. Uh, My feeling is they'll probably do it at Fight for the Fallen. There you go. Uh... And then we go to TH2's Jack Evans against Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy was going for his record 50th win in AEW. They talked about that in that segment we just talked about a minute ago, and we totally glanced over it. Jungle Boy in search of win number 50, he would be the first wrestler to do it. No, Jungle Boy is not the world heavyweight champion, by the way.
1: Is not. Um,
0: nor should he be at this point, I don't think. But him and Jack Evans have a very good match. It wasn't better than Kenny versus Jungle Boy. But it was a good match. It did its job. Jack Evans does the job in about 10-15 minutes. And after the match is over hardy family office come out and they and hardy and cage go after it and luchasaurus and marco stunt go after private party and then hfo retreat and they cut to black we come back mjf is there and he has something he wants to say He says next week he's going to announce the stipulations for Chris Jericho in order for Jericho to earn one last match with MJF Maxwell Jacob Friedman. As long as Jericho could make it through all of MJF's stipulations. This promo was better than you, and you know it. It was great. It was an MJF promo. Chef's kiss. This guy doesn't know how to cut a bad promo.
1: MJF's promos are second to none.
0: I'm starting to think this guy can't have a bad match either. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, Andre El Idolo is backstage with Alex Abrahentes. Alex Abrahentes is the best backstage interviewer they have, and it's not close. He says, what do you say next week? It's me versus Matt something. He He pretends not to know Matt Seidel's name. He's like, Matt something interrupted me last week. So how about this? In Miami at Road Rager, I'm going to make my AEW in-ring debut against Matt something. And then he says, Andrea Alidolo, Matt something. In Miami, the home of the Hispanic heritage or whatever the hell it is he said, I wasn't, he rambled for a minute there. He did. Good promo, though, and they announced Matt Seidel versus Andrade, which we already knew was going to happen at some point. Guess it's happening next week.
1: Andrade, it's gonna, Andrade it's gonna looks be great, by the way. Like, he looks like oh. he's in the best shape of his life. Oh, absolutely. This match is going to kick ass. I am very much looking forward to it.
0: Shivani's in the ring. Kenny comes out. And he talks about how he woke up feeling like a king and how there's nobody left for him in AEW. Which, you know what? I'm starting to think he might be right on that. (laughs) Just a bit. I mean, I could make an argument for quite a few guys. Lance Archer, who hasn't been on TV in I don't know how long now. Makes you wonder. Is he hurt or something? Who knows? And Kenny goes on and on, and then we hear Join the Dark Order, and
1: Bryce... Ben's Ben's sighs could be heard through the mic.
0: Okay, so we watch this show together on Wednesday night, which we do... Whenever AEW's on Wednesday, that's what we tend to do. Yes. And this correct. show was no different, and Evil Uno comes out, and Evil Uno is one of the five... Worst talkers I've ever heard get significant mic time.
1: Yet he is the spokesperson of the Dark Order.
0: Now, that's not to say there's anyone better in that faction to
1: talk. No, it's just sad. (laughs) Honestly.
0: And he's like, (laughs) you think you're out of challengers, so on and so forth. And I'm saying, no... No, no. Thinking they're going to do Evil Uno versus Kenny Omega, a match I don't want to see. I don't care. But then they're like, but we have a friend who will challenge you, Kenny. And then Kenny's like, if we're talking about the same person, he's way too damn scared. Now let me go enjoy my time off, and then he leaves.
1: Pretty good, pretty good segment, honestly. Kenny carried this thing. He did, but and like, Kenny,
0: Kenny does need a little bit of time off because he's got a lot of matches coming up on pay per view right in a row.
1: Yeah, he, he yeah he needs a couple weeks to take it easy. But um, him taking a fat shit on Hangman Adam Page is wonderful.
0: Even though we love Hangman,
1: you know yeah, of course we love Hangman. Who doesn't like Hangman? But you know, someone's got to take the take the L, you know. Then we go to Miro versus Brian Pillman Jr.
0: This, other than the main event, was probably the second best match on the show. Other than maybe the tag match, this or the tag match were the second best match on the show. And I'm just
1: glad they didn't. I'm just glad they didn't bury Brian Pillman.
0: Pillman got a significant amount of offense, and it wasn't a lot, but it was enough to not bury him. Miro obviously wins. And... the Pillman didn't tap. He basically passed out. And Aubrey Edwards called the match. And that was that. And Miro is still the TNT champion, as he should be. And then we go backstage to Alec... Alec? Is his name Alec now? Alex Marvez. And the Dark Order with Hangman Adam Page... And Marvez looks like he's about to interview the Dark Order, but then Hangman Adam Page, drinking hands, storms back there. What the hell do you guys think you're doing? Do you think I am afraid of Kenny? And they're like, no, we think you're afraid of failure. We believe in you, Adam, said Colt Cabana, who if he never opens his mouth again, it's going to be too soon. (laughs) And then they go, then the Dark Order bugger off, and Alex Reynolds stays back to say, Adam, you've waited long enough. This is your time. And that gets Hangman thinking. This was great. It was. I love Hangman.
1: A match between Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega is going to be stellar.
0: And then we go to the back again earlier on in the day. Taz and Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs have breaking news. Taz says Ricky Starks isn't here. Brian Cage isn't here. On July 14th on AEW Dynamite, that is Fighter Fest Night 1 for those wondering, uh, Brian Cage will defend the FTW Championship against Ricky Starks, who I could have swore just broke his neck like two months ago. Uh, Sometimes family members need to have a good old-fashioned fight to clear things up. Good Taz promo.
1: Hook caught a line in there. You want to know what's not good, Bryce? Do we have to talk about this match?
0: Well, we do because the we need we need we need, comes... we need we
1: need we okay. need to mention it's well. There's there's a couple things there's, there's something that happened we need to talk about. I, I don't want to talk about this, but we need to for a couple reasons.
0: Britt so, Baker and Rebel against Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero.
1: Kill me. I hated this. This was horrible. No buys. This this is oh uh, oh god. I want I really 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 didn't just wanted to skip this. This was one of the worst matches in the history of AEW. Yep, but it really doesn't have a whole lot of competition. It was the worst women's match in AEW
0: by a mile, and there have been some stinkers, especially in that first six months.
1: Right. But this um, was worse
0: than any of those.
1: There was a there was a big takeaway from this, and that's that uh, that rubble. You said she dislocated. So when her... she
0: went to break up the last pin attempt by Nyla on Britt, she dislocated her kneecap.
1: Okay. Yeah, that was an ouchie, and it,
0: and it was very clear that she did it because she breaks up the pin and Nilo, like gently scoots her off to the side. Like it was clear something happened,
1: and she just slowly, like, drags herself across the floor to the to the edge of the ring. Right, and, and you she doesn't see... want
0: she doesn't want to drop down because if she lands wrong, she's gonna mess up her knee more.
1: Yeah, and y- you can see towards the end, you can see the the you... dude. With a stretcher on the other side. And Vicky
0: was right there with her to make sure she was okay. Props to Vicky Guerrero in that situation, by the way. Yeah. Because, remember, she was checking on Rebel. She gets tagged in, and then she gets submitted. Props to Vicky. Props to Nyla. They were both right there checking on her.
1: Yeah. There's no complaints about that stuff.
0: Now, the match wasn't very good, I'm not going to say too much about it. You know what it is when it's a Vicky Guerrero match. It's not going to be very good. It never is. I'm not going to compl- I'm not going to sit here and complain too much. I'm not going to sit here and bitch. I don't want to
1: just avoid it.
0: I've ranted too much on this damn show. They need to stop doing this. Nobody wanted to see this match. It was short. I'll give them that. It was short. And it had to be for who was in there. Nyla wasn't bad. Britt was Britt. You know what you're getting with Britt Baker. And Britt put the lock John Vicky and Britt and Rebel win. I don't know why they didn't have Nyla pin Britt. They have a championship match in two weeks.
1: Well, I'm wondering. There's, if, a, lot, there's a lot of things that happened in this match.
0: I'm wondering if they had to call an audible. Then maybe the plan was for Nyla to pin Rebel.
1: That's very possible. But there's... This
0: match was unfortunate, not only for the eyes. And, you know, say what you want about Rebel. You know, you don't want to ever see anybody get hurt. Right. That That's Never. the truth. You don't want to see anyone get hurt. I don't care how good you are in the ring... I don't want you going out there and hurting yourself. And you know what? I would love for Rebel to be good in the ring. You know why? Because you know what they could do down the road if Rebel got better in the ring? When they split her and Britt up, that could be an excellent feud. It would be. And her and Britt are legitimately close, very close friends in real life. And they have good on-screen chemistry. And they're good together like on the mic or whatever. Like, backstage promos, they are good together. Rebel isn't bad if she's just talking, right? If she's just there. But when she tries to wrestle is the problem. If she was just Britt's manager, I don't think anybody would complain too much about Rebel. But the problem is, is they try to put her in the ring.
1: Well, maybe that's something that AEW needs to think about changing then.
0: And am I wrong? Has a Rebel segment ever made you want to change the channel?
1: No, not at all.
0: A Rebel match, maybe, but like a Rebel segment. Like a segment where Rebel is there. Rebel does not have change the channel heat.
1: No, I'm usually pretty indifferent about it. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Now, the main event. That
0: finish aside, this was a match of the year contender. It was brilliant. Front to back, this was probably one of the best matches I've seen all year. I think this was better than Kenny and Jungle Boy. Like, uh, lower stakes, yes. I'll grant you that. You, right. you,
1: you, you can make, yeah, I, I can see the argument being made. I, I don't know if I so agree with that. The feud is better, right? The buildup was better for it. The, the feud is better. The buildup is better. I will give you that. In that respect, yes. 100%. And keep in
0: mind, there were some stakes here for MJF because he had to beat Sammy in order to get to Jericho. And as for as much as MJF says he doesn't want Jericho, you can tell the way they've developed it. MJF wants to fight Chris Jericho. Right. And that's what they've done so well. This pinnacle inner circle storyline has been done so well. And when we... It's, it's the best thing they got going right now. And when we do our two marks awards at the end of the year, this is going to be up for best storyline. I have no doubt in my mind. Absolutely. This, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa, um. Kenny versus John, and, you know, all that. This was... The craziest freaking match you've ever seen. These guys went out there and said, Hey, Kenny and Jungle Boy had like a match of the year type match last year, last week. Oh, we're going to be better than that. And
1: boy, did they give it their all.
0: They told a story and they did spots and it was excellent. The Guevara dive from the apron to where MJF was propped up on the barricade was freaking insane.
1: It was horrifying to watch, there, to tell you this, truth, There was no pad there. You could tell. That hurt a lot, probably. This was
0: everything you want in a wrestling match on television. I get why they did the screwy finish. I didn't like it at first, but I have thought about it over the last couple of days. I get why they did it. One, it's a TV match. Right? Right. If this was a pay per view, I think they do a clean finish. I do. Or if this was a special show, I think they do a clean finish. If this was a special dynamite. Like if this was Fighter Fest, I think they do a clean finish. If this was all out, they for sure do a clean finish. I get why they did the finish they did here. I didn't like it at first, and my reaction to it at first was very adverse. But here's the thing this wasn't the week for Sammy to be losing a match, but they had to have him lose. So they were what? like, F it, just have Wardlow and Spears cause a distraction, and then Spears hit Wardlow or hit Guevara with a chair. The problem I had was you could have beat Guevara clean off the second row tombstone pile driver.
1: And you didn't that's not Yeah, strange. that was that, that was a little strange
0: now I get it okay and Brian Alvarez made the point on Wrestling Observer Live earlier this week and I don't agree with Brian most of the time and I and I'm not a big fan of the Observer but I don't think there's a lot of journalistic integrity going around that place if you know what I mean um And here's my thing. I get it from the perspective of you don't want Sammy to lose clean. But like Brian Alvarez said, instead of having MJF make a cover and Guevara kick out off that pile driver, they were doing him selling the knee angle anyway. Why not have him sell the knee to the point where he can't make a cover instead of having Guevara kick out? That would have made this a lot better.
1: It would make a lot more sense that way, yeah.
0: And then you can still do the Wardlow Spears run-in, and it probably wouldn't have looked as bad because you wouldn't have just had a second rope pile driver get kicked out of.
1: Yeah, I, I don't agree with, with some of the choices in this match for sure, but I guess I can't fault them that much considering this is a tv match we got way more than we bargained for
0: and not just a tv match it's their last tv match in jacksonville
1: they they ended it with a bang and i i cannot and, complain about that
0: okay we're gonna talk about the end of the show so mjf wins with the chair shot by spears and they look like they're gonna go off air and then they announced they have a video package to celebrate the fans in Jacksonville and they do the best highlight video package with a really good song in the background. Uh, I believe it was called celebrate by hold on. I, I wrote it down cause I wanted to give him credit. Um, journalistic integrity, pal. Um, Celebrate by Dirty Heads and The Unlikely Candidates. And I thought it was the perfect songs for this video. And they showed all the major moments of the last year, the pandemic era, Daly's Place. Brody was all over this video. It was done so well. It was put together incredibly well. And it almost makes you sad that they're leaving Daly's Place.
1: You you mentioned something after we, uh, sometime during the time we were watching the show, where you were wondering if we were gonna feel uh, nostalgic about the uh, Dailies Place days, like when they're back on the road and not really going there very often. Because I like the outdoor venue. I like wrestling
0: outdoors. I'm a big.
1: I do. I I I have to agree that I've grown so accustomed to. The set they've used for Dynamite for the last however long, I I think I think you're right, Ben. I think I'm gonna be nostalgic of it,
0: and every time they go back, it's gonna pop.
1: It's gonna just come all all those memories are gonna come flooding right back.
0: And seeing Brody, and you know we didn't know Brody Lee personally, but like his death, I think hit the entire wrestling community harder. Than ever. And and some of it was. We're in the middle of a pandemic. It was the day after Christmas. And he was doing so well in AEW. And he just got there. And he's such a family guy. And I feel like. We've learned so much about John Huber. The guy. The man. Since he died. That it almost makes you more sad. About his passing. Than you would have been already
1: right because I when agree. you
0: learn the kind of the kind of human being that John Huber was it almost it almost really makes it feel that much more impactful
1: right i i agree and i didn't i didn't really have anything to say about it at first cuz i didn't really you, I did really, you, not really.
0: Uh, AEW for a while, because you weren't watching wrestling for a
1: lot of the pandemic. I, I, I wasn't, and I didn't I didn't know much about him at all, really, other than, you know, the little... Like, I didn't know anything about him personally. Like, I didn't know anything Nobody about him. Nobody did. He was
0: a private guy.
1: He was a private guy. So he had a, he I had was a just, close
0: circle of friends.
1: And So that- I was I, I just sort of myself like, okay... Well, that's that's unfortunate. But as time goes on, it's really it's like you said, it really the impact is getting more and and more. You're really starting to realize how much of a what a spectacle that was lost, how much like, of such a
0: gap a- there is in that locker room.
1: Right. And it's and you really
0: saw it like the first couple dynamites after the Brody Lee tribute show. You could tell there was a hole in that locker room.
1: it, it, It hit. You could. It was just a gaping hole and you could see it in everyone.
0: And it wasn't for them. You know, it wasn't for lack of trying to go out there and put on the best show they could. They had two really good shows the two weeks after Brody passed away. They had New Year's Smash. Those were two really good shows but you could just tell everybody was a little
1: not on edge but almost you could you could barely notice it but you could you could just tell
0: everybody was a little drained was everybody was a little drained everybody was a little lower than usual the show felt weird like that first show after the Brody Lee tribute show just felt off it was a good show but it felt like oh my god like they're actually going to do this Right And nobody, and and I said this at the time. We weren't doing the podcast yet, but I told you this. I said, nobody would blame AEW for shutting down for two weeks. And just letting these guys and these girls mourn this. And props to Tony Khan. He told everybody, guys, if you don't want to show up for work, if mentally you can't do it, I will pay you to go home. He's like, if you guys want to go home and be with your families, if you want to leave Jacksonville, fine. Be safe about it, but go home. We'll be here when you get back. And that is such a commendable thing to do. Kudos to him for that. But you know what? Everybody stayed. Everybody stayed in Jacksonville. Everybody stayed. They kept doing dynamite. And even he said, he was, after the tribute show, even he said he was willing to stop doing Dynamite for two weeks if they had to. He didn't want to. I don't think you ever want to shut down for two weeks. No business ever wants to shut down for two weeks, no matter the circumstances. But, and you know they probably thought about it. Oh, absolutely. But that Brody Lee tribute show was one of the best shows they've ever done. It was one of the most impactful shows they've ever done because here's the thing. You just lost a big part of your roster. You are now put in a position where you have to acknowledge it. You can't not acknowledge this. You can't do a WWE, what WWE did, and barely acknowledge it and do a network special a month later. You can't do that. You, they had to do something, and they had to do something fast. Because one, AEW doesn't have the infrastructure that WWE does to do that network special a month later. They don't have the production crew. And two, it would have felt shallow not to address it right away. Like, this guy worked for you. Like, actively. <laughs> like...
1: He was was a big deal.
0: He was employed by you until the day he passed away, period. That happened. Not to mention, he was one of the biggest guys on your roster. And the Cody Brody matches were some of the best matches of last year. Some of the best matches of the pandemic era. And, you know, as we reflect on the pandemic era, because this is the end of the pandemic era for AEW. You know, we look back on it now and we say, wow, there were some truly special moments here. But at the time, I don't think anybody realized how special Daly's Place was going to become, not only to AEW, but to their fans. And it's crazy to me that they've been in there for 18 months and it doesn't even feel like they've been there for six.
1: You know what I mean? Time, time, Time felt like it flew.
0: It doesn't feel like they've been there for over a year. Now to them, I'm sure it feels like forever. And I bet you they can't wait to get the hell out of there. But there were some people on Twitter making fun of the AEW Jacksonville tribute video. Like, Oh, you're acting like you're never going to go back there. No, like for a lot of the people on this roster, this is the only place they've ever wrestled for AEW. And you don't realize that until you think about it. Matt Hardy, uh, debuted the first show without fans. So did Brody Lee, uh, Anna Jay, uh, Ty Conti, you know, A lot of these people, FTR, Miro, you know, think about that. This is the only place these people, some of these people have ever wrestled for AEW. They've never traveled some of these guys on the road with this company. Now, FTR did with WWE, so they're going to be fine. But so did Miro. But Anna Jay's never been on a touring wrestling company or roster before.
1: Ty Conti was in NXT. It's going to be a transition for some people, certainly.
0: I think it'll be a little easier because they're doing one night a week for a month before they go to Rampage. Right. Now, do I think... So what they're doing for Rampage's launch week is they're doing Dynamite and Rampage in Pittsburgh Wednesday, Friday. I'm wondering how much they're going to do that. You can't do it very much, but you're going to have to. And I I thought about this the other day. I'm like, you know, if you want to make Rampage kind of a B show, which Tony Khan has made it clear that's not what it is. I understand that. But if that's what you wanted to do, why wouldn't you just keep Rampage at Daily's Place? Yeah, that's a good point. Or keep Dark at Daily's Place. You can still run Jacksonville. Jacksonville is the home of AEW. That's not going to change anytime soon. Just like Madison Square Garden is the home of WWE. Like, I would have to think that... Now, they're not going to run Dark or Dark Elevation out of Daly's place every week. Because one, a lot of main roster people are on Dark and Dark Elevation every week. And that travel would be chaos. But Rampage, if you want to make it a B-show, dude, like, why not just run it straight out of Jacksonville? And you can run it like a territory. Just run it like a territory. Run once every two weeks, tape two shows in a row. Right. You could do that. And I think it would work.
1: I think that would be the easiest way to do it. Or one of the easier ways to do it.
0: Now, but here's the thing, is Wednesday, Friday, that's going to be chaotic as hell for travel. For these talent. And I think that's part of the reason they're staying on the East Coast for the first couple months. To kind of minimize the chaos. Because everybody lives in Jacksonville now. Everybody moved to Jacksonville. Or Tampa. So it was like... Everybody lives in Florida. Um, We're going to stay on the East Coast for a little bit just to play it safe. And then we'll get to Chicago. And and even Chicago you could consider East Coast technically. But, you know, we're going to do Pittsburgh. We're going to do Cleveland. We're going to do Boston. We're going to do Miami. We're going to do Texas. You know, they're going to stay East for a while. But... And I think that's partly to minimize the harsh transition for the talent, which is really smart. And that's what they should do, because this is going to be hard for some people. It's going to be a transition. It's going to be different. And the show is going to look different next week. They haven't run a show in an arena since March of last year, the first week in March last year that was 18 months ago think about that this
1: this is gonna be interesting that's all i gotta say
0: this is gonna be wild
1: wild indeed we've got an interesting road ahead for it's gonna be like
0: a weird next month
1: or so because things things are gonna be turbulent because
0: Impact's getting their fans back for slammiversary. Thank God I don't have to sit through empty arena impact shows anymore. Um Emphasis on sit-through. And WWE's going back on the road. AEW is going back on the road this week. That's crazy to me. We're already to July and is going back on the road. I I can't. I can't believe. That we are this close to wrestling being back in full capacity. And it makes me so happy. I'm me so too. I'm so ready for Money in the Bank weekend, dude. Like I don't even care what the show is. I don't care what the card is. I'm excited for that show for the fans. That is gonna be an awesome night of wrestling on the crowd and the the pizzazz alone. I'm excited for that Friday night SmackDown before because you know that crowd is gonna be pistol red fucking hot. They're going to be fire truck red and they're going to be hot as can get and they're going to be all weekend because they're running Houston that whole weekend and it's going to be great. Do we want to talk about JR? JR's myth and how people are calling for his head?
1: If... The way I look at it, it was all over Twitter. If you don't live under a rock, you probably heard about this. Jim Jim Ross called, he, he said WWE Dynamite.
0: Now, but here's the problem I have with it. He, he messed up. He admitted to it less than an hour later. He knows what he did. He screwed up. He apologized. He moved on. There's nothing wrong with that. And if AEW forgave him, guess what? They don't have to fire him. They don't have to make him retire. That's not our decision to make.
1: No, but boy, you should have seen the, t- the responses. He was being just lit on fire and thro- just thrown into the...
0: Look, I don't care what you want to say about Jr. Now, Jr. is a legend in the wrestling business. JR,
1: Jr. is absolutely a legend, and people are giving him way too much disrespect over this. People
0: are saying this tarnishes his legacy. I, I think his legacy was set in stone so many years ago.
1: Yeah, this this has nothing to do with his legacy. This has to his do with his legacy him was the, set in two
0: thousand and eight. Like, yeah,
1: this was just him making a mistake. That's that's literally all there is to this, now, I think. Now,
0: this isn't his first mistake in the last year. He did call the AEW championship the WWE championship. Yeah. But, like, he worked for WWE for 30 years.
1: Yeah. yeah you, I,
0: Old I habits get, die hard, damn it.
1: I get it. I can't be that upset about it. This yeah, it, it was it was silly, but it is what it is. It's just so dumb. People, people gotta understand shit happens every day. People make mistakes. I've messed up on this show before. We all make mistakes. I'm sure I messed something up at work today at some point, and I didn't realize it. How much me and you what? messed
0: up on this show?
1: We have we have messed up. You have deleted episodes before. <laughs> We have had to re-record entire episodes of this show. It has happened. and guess what <laughs> it happens it's part of the game this is this is this is the game of life Mistakes and if you don't make a, if you don't make a mistake, you're lying to yourself. So I can excuse a little boo-boo every now and then to a legend or, that is that is yeah not. Something that should be very hard for people. But apparently it is. Now, if this was some
0: geek that, you know, was calling some random show in Winnipeg and he didn't know what he was doing and he was tripping all over himself the entire show and then he called it the the show WWE, then I'd be like, the hell are you doing? But like this is Jim frickin' Ross.
1: Right, this is yeah, this is a whole different, whole different situation. So I, it's whatever to me. Yeah, that's all. That's that's all I gotta say about it. Just Wha- don't, don't don't be an asshole to Jim Ross on Twitter. Well folks,
0: get ready to buckle in Because we got a wild road ahead I hope you guys really enjoyed the Marky D uh, interview special That went up this past week I thought that was fantastic I thought Marky came in here and absolutely killed it On Wednesday It was awesome having him We're going to have him back um, Looking at August or September And I think he's going to come back uh, And he's going to And he doesn't watch current wrestling But it sounds like he's going to start watching AEW So maybe we can have him on for like a the all out show or something and Marky, if you're listening, uh, come on the All Out Review Show, buddy. You should do it.
1: You'd be a gamer.
0: Um, but, yeah, we're going to be doing more stuff with Markie D going forward. Uh, a lot of fun announcements coming. And both me and Bryce are just really fired up about everything that's going on with this podcast right
1: now. Absolutely, 100%
0: and to the people that have stuck with us through these schedule changes and the bullshit and the me not posting on time
1: thank you we, you are you are the real MVPs
0: because you have put up with the most inconsistent paramorons you will ever see and we thank you for that um do we have a special show going out this week or is it just straight to next saturday
1: I believe it's just straight to this next Saturday. It's just normal week, isn't it? Uh, I
0: believe it is a normal week. It, It's a normal week as far as I know. Uh, Road Rager is on uh, Wednesday. I'm going to pull up the card for that. We can go through that really quick. And then we're going to get out of here. Uh, boop, 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 boop. Wow, this is a loaded card. We ready for the Road Rager card? Andrade versus Matt Seidel. Fantastic. Banger. Santana and Ortiz versus Hager and FTR. Banger. Santana, Ortiz, Hager versus FTR and Wardlow. I messed that up. See, people make mistakes. Uh, We were just talking about that. Uh. Face-to-face between Jericho and MJF. I have a feeling they're going to announce the date for the match on that show. Uh, Rhodes versus Marshall in a South Beach strap match. I'm excited for that just because it's two really good wrestlers. Uh, Statlander and Cassidy versus the Bunny and the Blade in the first ever AEW mixed tag team match. Uh, indifference? Is that an option? Yeah. That's not, they said it was the first ever. It's actually not. What was Cody and Red Velvet against Shaq and Jade? They said it was the first ever
1: on the show, I think. I don't know. That was, yeah, that, well, this is a special. That was a pay-per-view, wasn't it? No, they did that the week before. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 you're right. That was, that was supposed to be on a pay-per-view and then they pulled it, like, last minute and put it on Dynamite. Which I
0: think it probably would have been better on the pay-per-view, if I'm gonna be honest, looking back on it.
1: Yeah, but well, whatever.
0: Then uh, Young Bucks versus Kingston and Penta for in a street fight for the tag titles. This show is 110% loaded.
1: It's, it's, it's going to be a good one. I, I am excited. The Blade is really good. I don't like Orange
0: Cassidy. I like Statlander. And the Bunny, the last few times I've seen her, has really shown me what she can do. So... And Bunny and Statlander just had a really good match not that long ago. Just last week, they had a really good match.
1: Yeah, so get get hyped, boys.
0: And Cassidy, when he wants to, can be a good wrestler. He is capable of being a talented wrestler. So this week's Dynamite is going to be great. I'm very excited for it. We'll be back here next Saturday to talk about that. Um, What else is going on? Is there a pay-per-view next week? I think there is. For what? No, there isn't. Hold on. Oh, we have Great American Bash for NXT. That's what we got. Is that a pay-per-view? No, that's a NXT special on Tuesday. Oh, okay. Gotcha. There's not really a card for that. Like, there's two matches announced, I think. That's wonderful. All right. There's four matches announced. LA Knight versus Cameron Grimes for the Million Dollar Championship. If Grimes loses, he will become Knight's Butler.
1: What are you. The hell. Are you kidding me? Are, we're doing this again? We're doing the Butler meme again. No, AEW did it last time. I, I know, but I do not want to see that again. Oh, my God. The
0: way versus. Uh, or Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell versus Io Shirai and Zoe Stark for the te- women's tag titles. Oh, joy. That's going to be oh. a great match. Yeah. E- MSK versus Chomp and Thatcher for the NXT men's tag titles. That's going to be great. Banger. And Cole versus O'Reilly. And a okay. wrestling match.
1: Uh, okay.
0: Those are the matches announced for the Great American Bash on Tuesday. wonderful son of a bitch Uh, they didn't announce any matches for the great american bash last week on nxt
1: insufferable
0: They, I thought they were going to do cross and gargano on this show I guess they're not they're holding it for whatever reason which is probably good they're holding it because the build for this has been absolutely terrible it's just been cross beating up gargano and Gargano's supposedly supposed to be the baby face, but Gargano's been a heel for a year and a half now, so I don't know why they're doing that. And like. Uh, and he went from this goofy comedy geek heel to competing for the world title twice in a row. What?
1: Confusion. Lots of confusion.
0: I hate this company. All right well we will be back here next saturday thanks to our sponsor expressvpn expressvpn.com slash spark to get three free months when you sign up for the 12-month vpn package to protect your data from internet sleuths if you will uh bryce yes sir what do you say we get the hell out of here and go enjoy our fourth of july
1: weekend i got some ribeyes in the fridge ready to roll
0: Hell yeah, brother. All right, everybody. Have a great 4th of July. Um, enjoy some barbecue this weekend. Maybe have a beer or two with some friends. Be safe. Please don't blow your hand off with fireworks. Like, I encourage you. Yes, this is the first 4th of July where we're, in a while, in two years, where we're able to actually go out and do shit. Just, just don't get
1: too crazy.
0: Be safe. Have fun. And... um
1: We'll see you next week.
0: We'll see you next week, and that's about that. Bye, everybody.